Welcome to Through the Lens of Christ, a podcast designed to have conversation about things that are happening in culture, questions that we may have theologically, um, and other questions that impact our day in and day out lives. Our desire is to be able to build these conversations and to be able to get us to critically think, not just about the events that are happening, but how do we see these events through the lens of Christ. I hope you enjoy the conversation, and I hope it helps you to critically think through issues in our lives. Well, Steve, we are headed to part three in this series of salvation. So I'm Adam Baker here with Steve Douster. How you doing, Steve? Fine, Adam. How are you? Good. Good. Um, and we, we uh, so far, th- these have been, I don't know, we never know if they're good conversations or not, but we enjoy the conversations. Well, I think, yeah, I think so too. And I mean, I think we, I don't know, play off each other's yeah. thoughts fairly well, usually. Yeah, right. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe that's a very <laughs> unhumble statement and someone will correct us. Yeah, in the, you just know, fine. That just show. means somebody's listening. Yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> so and that's helpful. fine. That's right. Um, so w- we've been talking about salvation, uh, the beauty of what salvation is, briefly recapping uh, the idea of that we're we're being saved from the wrath of a holy God and, and not an an irrational wrath, not an unjustified wrath, but a a wrath that we deserve. And so getting to a a place of humility where I acknowledge that truth and um, can truly come and say, I I need a savior. I I need to be saved. I don't, I don't need to learn how to save myself. I need a savior. Um, And so desiring after the savior, Jesus Christ, uh, put our faith and trust in him, we become positionally justified. Um, Justified meaning that I I now am covered by the blood. I now have forgiveness of sins. We, we spent a lot of time talking about the idea of being truly saved versus just um, uh, confessionally saved, but being truly saved. Uh, and so knowing that is very important. But so our conversation on sanctification, I, I want to add this kind of caveat, is that as we start talking about the works side of what we do, if we're not truly saved, sanctification just becomes effort. Right. It's not there's no uh, magic in it. There's there's nothing salvific in the effort. It is just effort. And so it goes back to are we saved? Are we positionally justified? Have we put our faith and trust in our one true savior? Have we understood what that means? Um, Do we desire something differently today than we did before? That needs to be answered before we start marching down this path of what what I don't think either of us would want to have happen is somebody comes out of this episode going, now I know what I need to do. Yeah. And it's that is not the point of sanctification. It flows out of justification. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, yeah, I think of it's very difficult to figure out where we are. And going back to the whole idea of salvation, we have to come to the place of there is no hope for me. I, I know that I'm in a very bad place and I can't get out of it myself. Um, and I just wonder sometimes how many of us that call ourselves Christians have ever came to that that low of a place. I think oftentimes we don't get there or haven't ever gotten there, um, but yet I'm just going to go back to something I reiterated, I think the very first episode we had on salvation. We don't get there, and therefore we get something above that saying, fix me in some other way, which is that Jesus in my own image. When we get to the place of really kind of despair of our situation, and then we see that Jesus is the the one that redeems us from that situation, and we can see his beauty and his glory through that, now we now we have the light of salvation that has been shown on us. Um, so if we are 
um, have come to it flippantly, without thinking, without understanding, um, we should re-examine our salvation and pray that God would open our eyes and make it known to us for sure, for real, forever, um, to where we're justified positionally and ready to live a life in service to Christ um, where he might change us and make us like him, which is that piece of sanctification that we're on. Yes. Oh, uh, we were just talking before this with a, another couple who's recording their, their testimony, and, and one thing that she said was that I, I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church. I didn't know Christ, mm-hmm. not until, uh, I don't remember the year, six years ago or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so she was talking about how she tried to do the right behaviors, right. but until she saw, until her eyes were really opened, until she realized that she can't do it, until she realized her need there never was this salvation, even though she probably would have said she was a Christian before that moment. Um, and so it's it's the understanding, not that we continually belabor and second guess this idea. We've talked about it before, but there is this beauty of assurance in all yeah. of this that we must cling to. We don't continually have to sit in the pit of despair going, am I saved? Am I not saved? Am I? But we should also be very self-critical and just be honest with ourselves. Do I, if I say, do, do, do the words, like I, I remember a, a long time ago, I uh, did a message and I, I repeated the word depravity and that we were depraved. Like, I don't know. It, it, to me, it was probably like 12 times, but to certain mm-hmm. people, it was a thousand. And they were, I, it was probably the one that I got the most negative feedback on. And, and people left the church, right? Because they're like, I will not be talked to that way. I will not be, t-. I'm like, that's a problem. That right? is a problem, and, and we have to be comfortable. Not that I'm not that I'm comfortable with being depraved. Right? Yeah, no, right? but no, that, but, but, but that being, I'm comfortable acknowledging that that's who I am. Yeah, the Bible is very honest about that. So the the question being, have I really, really come to the end of myself? Have I come to the place where there's no other alternative, um, no hope for me other than Christ? Um, and and that's that's something each one of us has to answer individually for. But once that place has been reached, you know, sometimes it's reached because of all kinds of tragedy, right? All kinds of difficulty in the world, um, in in a life. Maybe it's health or things from outside. But it it needs to be reached even for those that don't have that kind of difficulty. Those. This is where I think it's very difficult. I know we're off topic a little, but this is where it's very difficult for an American Christian who has a general life of ease to be able to understand who he's, the, the real problem that he's facing. Um, and when, especially when we look around at all the other people and say, I'm better. Um, so, so Jesus in doing this um, humbles us first, defeats our pride and, and humbles us and shows us our need of him. We get to see him for who he is. And then I'm going to get back on track. We, we admire him for who he is. We love him for who he is. And we want to be like him. We want to be like our older brother, our elder brother, uh, the one who saved us and transformed us. And so therefore, Jesus works in our heart through seeing him, changing our heart, changing our desires so that we can act in different ways and make different decisions, different choices that result in um, glory coming through us to God, grace coming through us, demonstrating God's glory, and that has something to do with sanctification, does it not? Feels feels like something that I would define as sanctification. Yeah. The um, but so the way that you said it was well said, but that sounds like a lot of like rainbows and sunshine, right? Like <laughs> like you know that we're seeing the the glory of God in us and through us, and we're becoming more like this beautiful image of Christ. And there's I mean there, there's this is there's doves floating, and like this is amazing, right? 
So, I mean, sanctification has to be, I, I think I referred to it at the end of our salvation episode, that this is the fun, right? This has to be the fun, Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fun, all right. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so, in my, so in my mind, part of what happens in, so I got I to get down to the serious level here again. Part of what happens in my, my understanding of being saved, being transformed, is I see with new eyes. And I can see in all things around me now a, a, another, another realm, a, sh- a, sh- a shape shift, a shade shift over to where God's glory shines to me out of a doorknob or, or a floor or a plant or a person. Not perfectly because doorknobs are tarnished and they get broken, right? Carpet gets war and it gets dirty. People are not healthy. Um, people are manipulative and, and power hungry and prideful but but there is a glory in everything that god's made and there's a purpose for it and we're able to see that in a new way that to me is the start of our understanding of sanctification in the christian life how we can move forward in christ as we um, move outward from our salvation time experience um our justification yeah so uh, to take a little bit of a step back, yeah, yeah, um, probably the, should. That the, <laughs> there's there's so much. We said this one's probably going to go long because there's just so much good good stuff in yeah. here. But um, the the idea of sanctification is really uh, being set apart, right? So yeah, we should start with right? some, sort of de- some sort of a definition. I'm sorry, <laughs> right? no, yes. no, no, it's all right. I got, I got excited too. Um, the idea of being set apart, set apart for a purpose, set apart, yeah. and and the idea of justification is that we're positionally justified yes. and that in that moment we become set apart that God has he, he refers to us as his special possession right that's what uh, uh, Peter says that we are we're his special possession so if if we're God's special possession he set us apart and we didn't set us apart just to sit on the couch Correct. right he now set us apart and said this is mine oh, we talk about this idea of assurance right when God says something is his there's nothing, uh, Paul says in, in Romans 8, 38, right? That there's nothing that can rip us out of his hand. There, it doesn't matter what it is. There's nothing that can tear us from his hand. So once God says this is his, it's his. That justification is forever. And again, go back to the idea of being truly saved, truly justified. Now, though, the work begins. Uh, and Second Peter. Who's, whose work, please? Yeah, so it's the it's the Spirit's work in us, right? So it's the very Spirit of Christ in us working through us. Yeah, and so now, and and again, it becomes hard because now we just so so I don't so I don't do anything. Just the Spirit does everything. It's like, no, we should be becoming more and more uh, symbiotic. We should be becoming more and more one with the Christ in us, right. so that there there isn't this delineation. And so the idea is. Paul says we should have the mind of Christ. So as we think our thoughts, as as we move, that we're being led by the Spirit, that we're in lockstep, that we're not neither walking in front or behind. And so this idea that this work, which Ephesians two ten says that he's he's given us this work, that he's he's created us in his image and we're his masterpiece, and he's given us these works that he's prepared in advance for us to do. That is very personal. He's given me a set of things to do, but not like a checklist of now I've got to go accomplish these things. He's saying he designed me in a very specific way, and his spirit is going to work within me in a very specific way to do his work and his will if I continue to be obedient. uh, Peter says in uh, 2 Peter that we would participate in the divine nature. So we also have this participatory action that's part of this. 
Yeah, we do, yeah right. I mean, my my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Um, yet there's work to be done. So so how does he do these things? So he he puts us in a place, a church with other believers um, who are different than I'm just going to go. I'm going to go to the part of the problem of the day. I'm, I'm sorry, but he puts us in a church with believers that have a different a different measure of faith than we do, and a different life and a different personality. And he says, live there, get along with these people, and and understand them. And and that's a, that's a that's a big deal. So so we're able to see God's glory in all people um, that are all people, first of all, but especially those that are of our family, that are in the family of God, because each one of us, he's given us a different measure of faith so that our sanctification progresses differently. It, it, it's, it's in different realms and different areas of our lives, and we're to sanctify one another. We're to work on each other by seeing the glory of Christ in each other and showing it to other people, and then we're able to be more like Christ as a family, as a church, and also Christ uses that to conform each one of us to be more like him as well. Yeah, so this this idea of us um, working and acting and moving, and that ev- everything that's being done around us, to us, that we're acting, moving in, all of these things with purpose and intentionality to bring us closer to to God and to the very image of Jesus Christ. And so uh, talk about the we talked about the fun of sanctification, right? Yeah. Tongue in cheek, because this idea of the theology of suffering is really how we're sanctified. We continue to be broken down so that Paul uses the image of we're we're jars of clay and that we're being busted and, and broken apart so that the very light of Christ might shine through us, that there's less of us and more of him. And that's the spirit working in us. But all of those breaks in that jar all hurt. It's all painful. It's all difficult. And we live in a culture where you've talked before, especially in, in the North American context, where we want to shy away from anything that's difficult. Right. We chase after the things that are easy. We chase after the things that, that seem to benefit us, and we avoid the things of difficulty. And what we've been called into is to see all those points of difficulty as acknowledgments that we live in a broken world acknowledgments that we need a savior, acknowledgments that we're not enough. And so if we see them in the right perspective, they become things of beauty. You're talking about the broken doorknob. That is while we look at it and say, man, can you imagine how beautiful that doorknob would be if we didn't live in a broken world? If the things didn't rust, if they didn't fall, if they didn't break down, if they wouldn't that be, imagine how beautiful this was. If it was a thousand years old and looked just as shiny and bright today as it did when it was first made. Like, can you imagine what heaven's going to be like if we can actually get to that place? Can you imagine when he says that we're to be a a body together, we're we're to grow up, that we're to be the building blocks together, that he's the cornerstone, that we're being built together to be his holy temple. Can you imagine what that would be if we were all fully sanctified and marching together in the same mind of Christ and knowing that you're gifted differently than I'm gifted and Ashley's differently, gifted differently than we are. If we all are working together to be that very temple of God, like that is amazing. And that that's really the amazing goal of sanctification is that we're set apart to become more like Christ so that we can do the work that the spirit is doing within us, that we can participate in that and be obedient to that work rather than just saying, now I've got to build my own temple. I've got to build something that looks like the temple of God. I've got to build something that looks like a Christian life. These are the behaviors I can do. These are the things I can't do. And I need to do this. 
wrong image. Yeah, for sure. So, so, so I think, I think this is true. In every Christian, we have an image of have life in heaven in some fashion, and and God uses Scripture to bring that out, and He uses other people to bring that out too. So that we have a picture of where of who Jesus is, where we're going to live, what we're going to do, and we want more and more of that. Um, so that's part of what sanctification. Absolutely, Amen to all that. That's yeah. what a sanctification is. Um, since I'm since I'm still in Romans in in our <laughs> Sunday night Bible study, um, here's here's where is we are. Is there anything in, in sanctification in Romans? Well, only a little bit, yeah. <laughs> so here's actually where we are. Uh, we're in chapter twelve, and we're going to start with verse three, starting this Sunday. So here's here's what's on my head right now and on my heart at the moment. So I'll read a little bit of this, but it'll, you'll see where I'm where we're coming from. And all I think it'll kind of synapse some of the things we have together and pull them together. Uh, Verse 3 of chapter 12. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. Oh, that's pretty interesting. God has assigned each one of us a measure of faith, and and, and then we receive that faith by being humble and, and, and we each have a different measure. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function, so we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them. And then he goes into prophecy and a whole bunch of things. But, but the point being, God humbles us. This is not for the proud. God saves us justifies us, which hum- we have to be in a humble place to be there. And then he gives us a measure of faith and gives us measures of faith, I think, as we grow and are sanctified, to be used in different ways and seen in different proportions in different people as we get this vision of heaven together uh, that isn't the same vision as, as lost people in this world, the natural man has. Uh, not the prideful position of who I am and how important I am and how powerful I am and how I'm going to use these things, these lists, to become more powerful and more influential and more happy in this world. That is not what God does for us in Christ. He humbles us, he shows us who we're not, and he shows us who he is and who we are in him, and then he grows us up in the Spirit so that we might do the things that please him, which are worshipful, which draw others to him in worship, and that praise him and and acknowledge the glory that he displays, um, first in all things, but mainly in himself. Yes. Yeah, and you, you you look at how where he went in verses one and two of that chapter. Oh, for sure, right? I, didn't even I go mean, there. so right, but yeah. he he's talking before he even gets to that. He's we've we've been assigned faith, and he says that we're being transformed by the renewing of our mind. Right, right. He's he's talking about this this process and this amazing gift that all of it being done by God to us for us for our benefit. He says that we're transformed, that our minds renewed, and then we then start to see all of these other things. Even when he says that he's he assigns this faith to us in different measures mm-hmm. now in our in our human mind we go well i want more faith than steve of, right well, of i course. want a bigger measure I, right this is the natural man right or i'm going to look at it and go you know what my my measure is just not at the same as somebody else's so i'll never be as good as them i'll never be but in a transform go ahead or or we say my look, look at that person and what they're doing and not doing. Yes. They don't have enough faith. Right. Well, who are we complaining? We're, we're complaining that God didn't give them the measure of faith that we, here we are making Christ in our own image again, right? Yes. That yep. we're not satisfied with the way God is sanctifying other people and the gifts that he's given them. Um, who are we? 
Yep. Who are and we to think that? That's the transforming. Like if we're still thinking through our human mind, that's exactly what we think. Exactly. But being transformed, I'm able to go, okay, why did he assign them that measure of faith? Like right. what's he going to be doing? Right? right. There is this sense of, and I, I get excited every time I meet a new person at church because I, I don't know why I met them that morning. I have right. no idea. Are they Maybe they're just passing through and they're kind of church shopping and they'll never see them again. Right. But... God brought them in for a reason. There's some purpose. He assigned them some measure of faith. And if it's somebody who says, this is my family, it's a measure of faith we don't currently have. And so how does that make us more complete? How does that, how does that work to build us up as a family? Like that's, I think that's where we begin to see things in a, in a higher level rather than just how am I impacted or how, how, what can I do? But just understanding that my whatever small measure of faith that I've been assigned, mm-hmm. he did for a reason, for a purpose, and it was a divine gift. And I should appreciate that and want to live into that. Yeah, it's the gift of faith, and he assigns it to each one of us. So, yeah, so you talked about the people coming in. As long as they're a believer in Christ, they have a they have a gift that God has given them in faith, and they're to integrate that somewhere. Um, the challenge is, are they people of faith? Right and are they right. believers and and, and, and yeah. yeah and we're to we're to I mean, that's that's part of I think the excitement of the Christian life as well uh, with eyes of faith eyes that have been opened by faith in God and by His His light shining in us we are to explore people mm-hmm. we're to get to know them is this person a believer do you confess do you profess Christ as your Savior yes well let's talk about that together then um, or do you not no I don't no I don't do that okay yeah. let's talk about that then. Um, we have the opportunity to engage in people's lives um, really fearlessly. Yes. Um, God has, yep. we're, we're already, as we've said, justified. Yep. Nothing will change that. Nothing that we do will change that if we're, if we're Christians. Right. So we, have, we can go out with all boldness and, and, and talk and engage and, and love people and, and love the grace of God. And it's ha- desiring to have the spiritual conversations with people. Yeah. Not to just say, okay, how can I pick apart and see if you're really a believer or not? No. But yeah. to say— This is not a psychological I, right. deconstruction here. But, but it is going, how—show me the Christ in you, right? right? Let me see that because that that's going to—your measure of faith is different than my measure of faith, and how do we see all those things together? I, I was talking with uh, uh, Pastor Dan recently about um, even in our small groups, right? So— Again, I'll, I'll be somewhat critical, but the the idea that we have groups that meet together, and so um, some in deeper levels of study than others, but often what you see is that the the kind of coffee and snack time, vibrant conversation, right? Ton of what'd you do today? What happened? What What's going on with the Packers? Did you read this in the news? Like all of this conversation and relationship building, which is not bad, right? We need to build relationships and we need to live life together and that's good. But then you move into the study portion of the evening and it's crickets, right? There's no conversation. There's no engagement. And some of that's because I don't feel confident enough to share and I'm nervous. I'm right. Or you know what? Maybe there's so many reasons, but often it's because we lack this desire to ask hard questions, to dig in, to like, I love being in a group where I can honestly say, Hey, have you ever thought about that? Not because I have an answer in my head, right. but just because I would love to wrestle through this this crazy thought that we just came. Like you read that text, and I, I guarantee I won't guarantee it because I'm not in there. But I'm gonna bet that in your uh, conversation in your group, when you get to the conversation about assigning faith, 
what an amazing thing that we'll never fully figure out. Yeah, we'll right? have a, we'll, I, I, I'm, I'll pray this way that we'll have a good conversation about that because a lot of people have opinions about what is that. Have you have you thought about that before? Right. What is what does that mean? Yeah. Uh, you know, you you say that part of the way that I think those conversations work out is by people that have difficulty in life and need an explanation or need help understanding what's happening to them or or what or what has been done to them. And then we can get into the knowledge. So if, if they're free and safe to be able to reveal those kind of things in a, in a small group environment, now we have some real things to sink our teeth into and to help one another with. So if, you know, if, you have a, if we have a family problem that's going on that we can share with the group, we've got six or eight or ten different people, mm-hmm. Christians, believers, that can help us in different ways speak into that situation from a Christian perspective. And now the conversation between study time isn't, I mean, the Packers are fine or whatever, but, but it's, you know, hey, what about that? Um, what, what, what should I actually do in this situation based on having that understanding of what's going on? Yeah. And now things can happen right. and, and, and the spirit can move in that. Yeah. So, so that's, those kind of things are helpful too. I don't know, and, just yeah. as an aside. Well, and, and sanctification is really what you're talking about. It's this idea of discipleship. So yes. we're learning how to be more like our older brother mm-hmm. and we need to we need to help each other in that. Mm-hmm. And so it's we need to want to be discipled and I think too often we're willing to be disciplers but we're not willing to be discipled. Yes. And we need both. We need to be willing to be a discipler and we need to be willing to be discipled. All of us, every one of us. Every one of us, right? And so how how do we get comfortable doing that? And that is this this journey of sanctification which is the the revelation of Christ in us. The revelation of Christ is true in Scripture. The revelation of Christ is happening within us, and we're revealing that to other people, not just to other believers, but as we learn to grow more and more and more, we're revealing Christ to the world. That's where the light is. We talk about things like be a city on a hill and be a light, be salt, be light. What does that even mean except that I've got to reflect Christ? And how do I reflect Christ if I'm not being sanctified? And if I'm not together with other believers, if I'm not being discipled, if I'm not wrestling through difficult things, my sanctification is going to be severely stunted because it relies on me and my power. I've got to get back to listening to the Spirit. I've got to get back to discerning it through other people and then learning who Christ is through the group. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just say one more thing in that humility is required. So so the, the, the mark of a believer, a true believer, is love and humility, um, not pridefulness, not uh, forcing my personal opinion on someone else, not um, putting myself in a place of authority in a wrong way. It's not that. It's it's humbling myself amongst other believers and humbling myself mainly under Christ and his leadership and his authority. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Adam. <laughs>